Jesus Christ is truly risen. Alleluia. As we gather this holy night, the holiest night of the church year, it is with great joy that we have that denunciation. And we gather, and uh, as I was reflecting on the various little things that we do and uh, that we perhaps as Catholics either, either just have grown accustomed to or, or we just might notice but never th think about, there's nothing in tonight's liturgy that we do that doesn't have meaning, deep meaning. We, of course, bless that fire, a reminder of that first fire as God created light. We bless the Paschal candle. We processed in, led by a pillar of smoke, the thurible, and the pillar of fire, the candle. We lit candles from that candle, that, this candle, the, the light of Christ, the presence of Christ. And as a reminder, lighting our own candles, that we are enlightened by Christ, and that light lights up the entire world, that all the world can see so much better by the light that we have, the light that we've been given. We turn on the lights of the church on the third time, of course, as a reminder that now all of creation is illuminated by this light. And we listen to select readings. The church, in her wisdom, gives us seven. In my poverty, I only do three. But if we listen to even the ones that we have this evening, we see the string of Christ throughout. We see in the creation narrative, again, in the beginning there was nothing, and God created, creating light, and creating the domes of the earth and the sky, separation and gifts. As I was listening tonight, I couldn't help but think, scientifically, it's not a scientific manifest. It doesn't tell us exactly how or anything like that. But isn't it interesting that it says that fish and birds were created first and then are recreating. Those that are familiar with dinosaurs know they're more closely related to birds than they are to reptiles. Just a little side. Maybe the church is a little wise. Maybe the author of Genesis is on to something. But we hear that creation of, of man as a special creation, as a crown of creation. Let us create them in our image. To no other creature did God say that. Let us create them in our image. Male and female, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That we are created in the image of God. Now, not even on the Easter Vigil do we hear the story of the fall, but we know that that is there. That Adam and Eve through sin, fell, separated themselves from God. And the rest of the scriptures, up to the cross, is God's reaching out to us, of God's leading us. So we have the near sacrifice of Isaac, that as Abraham was tested, would he sacrifice his own son? And God provided a ram instead and then provided his own son as sacrifice. We hear the Exodus story. We call to mind the ten plagues, perhaps, that preceded this. 
of Pharaoh's heart was so hardened, and yet he would not let the people go. And only when he lost his son, only in the Passover, as the angel of death passed over and took all the firstborn sons, would Pharaoh relent. And of course, then God hardened his heart again, and he chased after them his horses and charioteers. But God sent that nasty look that scared them to their boots. And they turned and were tossed headlong into the sea. This is what God does to those who pursue his people, ultimately. And we hear then the prophets, who time and again and again called us to repentance. And the the reading from Isaiah tonight calling us that we on our own cannot purchase happiness. But we think we can, don't we? We think we can have so much happiness in this world, and yet it always eludes us. There's always something more. There's always something better. Unless we recognize true happiness comes from God. So why pay for what we cannot buy? Come, freely eat, drink the feast that God has provided. Then we join in the great Gloria. The glory that we put away during Lent, except for the Annunciation and the Feast of St. Joseph. The glory that we ring bells as, as the sweet sound of that glory is ringing out, that as we sing that at Christmas time, we join in that praise, glory to God in, in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. The song of the angels, now we sing because now all the angels are singing with us because Christ is risen. And we hear that glorious epistle that reminds us that we are buried with Christ. In our baptism, we enter into the mystery of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. And this great gospel passage, the reminder that Christ is truly risen. I had it perhaps a little wrong, but I most years we don't hear of the actual resurrection. Today we see Jesus Christ in the Gospel of Matthew. We hear that he greets them and tells them he's going to go before them, tells them to meet him in Galilee. That Jesus Christ is truly risen, but not only that, but so much more. In a little bit we will have the blessing of the Easter water the most powerful sacramental we have as a reminder of our own baptism. We will renew our baptism with promises. We know that in these promises, we commit ourselves completely, totally to God. We commit ourselves totally and completely to our faith and to living this faith out. This evening, we are blessed to have two that will be entering our church receiving the sacrament of confirmation and Eucharist. And I thank God for the faith that your parents have already given you, Adam and Cody, the faith that has nourished you, and the faith that encouraged you to look deeper inside, and the faith that brought you here tonight. It is with great joy that we confirm you in the Holy Spirit. But then comes the moment of real truth. See, on Thursday, as we gathered at the Mass of the Lord's Supper, we anticipated what we do tonight, 
We anticipated and reminded ourselves of the Eucharist, how Jesus took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. It's only anticipated in the Last Supper, consummated in the death of Jesus, and made sacramental, made a sacrament in his resurrection. That what we see tonight, perhaps the most minuscule and overlooked moment in all of the church's liturgies, perhaps one that you're not even aware that occurs, one that maybe the deacons alone get to see besides the priest who does it. That's called the fraction rite. As we take a piece of the host, a piece of Jesus Christ, the body, and put it in the chalice with the precious blood. See, in death, what happens is blood stops circulating because the heart stops. Blood and flesh separated. And blood and flesh united again, there's life. That in every Eucharist, it is the resurrection of Christ that we celebrate. The great gift of the Eucharist is the presence of Christ, as I said on Thursday. His presence his real presence to us, the presence that is a gift to us. And we remember every time we come to the Mass, we participate in the cross. As I said yesterday on Good Friday, that we stand at the foot of the cross. We're drawn in to the foot of the cross. And so often, our world mistakes the silence of God for absence. Something I've read this morning and something I found myself reflecting on. We think that God's quietness, his silence, is absence. Why is there war? Why is there abuse, neglect? Why is there evil? Why are there natural diseases? Why is there COVID or cancers? Why do evil people do evil things? Why do good people suffer? We think in all God's silence that this means that God doesn't care, God doesn't love, or God doesn't exist. No, the cross stands as witness that that is not true. The cross perhaps is silent, but it is powerful when we stand at the foot of the cross. It's there we find everything. Not an absence, but a presence. That God doesn't just ignore us. He might not answer in our way. Oh, how I wish, perhaps with many of you, that God would simply send somebody, would give us all the cures for every cancer there is, or or that uh, those that are evil and would do evil, whatever it is, would just simply cease to exist, that might be a little too harsh. But God instead sends his son as a sign that he would rather have his son die for us than for us to be separated, for us to not know his love, that he's not silent. We just have to listen more deeply. So we gather this night, it is with great joy, with great celebration. We call to mind that all of heaven and earth is changed, that Jesus Christ is truly risen, 
I also read yesterday or the day before, there's 4,200 different religions. 4,200. Some large, such as Catholicism, Christianity, Judaism. But of, of all those religions, elements of truth perhaps in each, fullness of truth we proclaim as Catholics, only one Christianity has the empty tomb. Only one Christianity has the cross that is the answer to every evil and source of every good. Only Christianity. So as we gather this night, we call to mind that God is not silent and certainly not absent. That he is here. That he is risen, Jesus Christ. And he comes to save us.